Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Creative and Free Black Woman. Yay! My name is Alicia Renice, and I'm so happy that you're here. This podcast is for everyone creative, whether you're multi-passionate, whether you're a singer, songwriter, photographer, um, whatever. This is the podcast for you. Um, today, I want to talk about something that I had to catch myself on. Um, my husband has been calling me out on it for a while, and I thought it was time to talk about it here. So if you're anything like me, you're a planner. When you have an idea, you have to go to Google and you have to search and figure out, okay, how can I make this come to fruition? How are other people doing it? How do I model my own thing, whether it be business or project or podcast or whatever, after what someone else is doing? And so you get sucked into this hole of doing all this research, of planning all these things. Months have gone by and you have nothing to show for it. You've literally just sat there and wasted time trying to plan out something that you can never really predict in the first place. And so this is something that I'm trying to unlearn in my own creative journey. I am a planner. I am a person who likes to know what's going to happen, when, like if it's going to happen, if it's not going to happen, I don't want to waste my time. Um, I want to go the shortest route possible to success. And I think most of us are like that, but sometimes that gets in our way, you know, like we wait until this period of time when we're using air quotes ready to jump and to just try things, right? And that's where all the magic happens. It happens in the trying and in the failing and in the not knowing and in the starting again and then reiterating and then editing. All that stuff only happens when we are brave enough, when we're brave enough to try. That's the only time that that transformation, that that magic tends to happen. It's a lot of work trying to get out of your head, trying to get an idea out of your brain and put it into action. But I think one of the problems that we tend to have is that we dream so big, like it's so big, it's so daunting, it's so overwhelming, and it makes us feel like that we'll never get to this place or that we have to make it how we see it in our heads, right? But sometimes the work is just writing it down on paper, like dreaming freely. So this is what I do. I'm going to share some tips with you. I have a journal for just my dreams, like And I write them down in the most ideal way, in the most perfect way. Like, yeah, if everything went according to plan, this is what I want it to look like. This is what I want it to do. You know, I I dream big. And then I take that dream, I read over it, and I ask myself, hmm, what small step could I take today to get me closer to this dream? Or could I take this huge dream and break it down into a smaller, actionable item that I can do today? Right? So say, for example, your dream is to open a salon. For example, your dream is to, you know, do the heads of all the celebrities or just black women in general, right? So you don't have a license, you don't have a shop, you don't have the money to rent a space to do hair. What small thing could you do today to actually get you closer to that dream? You could just do your daughter's hair or your niece's hair. You could build your portfolio, do the hair of your friends, of your aunties, of your, you know, I don't know, classmates, depending on where you are in life, and then build that portfolio so that you can show Oh yeah, this person has experience. You know what I'm saying? You get more experience under your belt and therefore people take you more seriously. You start to get more money. You can start charging people and the money that you save, you can actually take that money and go to the school to learn how to, you know, get your license. You know, you can actually take that money and invest it in your own business. Maybe you don't want to rent a chair in somebody else's shop. Maybe you want to start your own shop. Like there are small steps that we can take every single day that gets us closer to our dream. For me, I'll use me as an example. So I have this huge dream of owning a shop, a juice, a juice shop, where people can come and rent space and have a creative space where people can come and perform. They can hold brunch there. They can hold events. 
Um, I want to have classes for the community, um, the communities that are underserved. Like I want to do that, but I don't have the, I don't have the revenue for that. I don't have um, the capacity for that right now. Right. And so it was really discouraging, especially when COVID hit, because I told my husband my dream. I told him what I wanted to do. And then there was no one money to get it done, but also there was no resources because COVID had shut everything down. There was no point in opening a shop now, you know, when everything was closed. This was back in March. I mean, since then things have opened up, but even still what I see in my mind is like a pre-COVID kind of existence, right? So I could have got down on my luck and said, you know what, screw that dream. This dream is dumb. I'm not gonna do it, it's not gonna happen. I've just recently, it is now November, since March, dreaming that dream, I have recently come back to that thing because the things about dreams is that they don't go away, they don't die, right? They keep tugging at you. They keep sitting in the back of your mind like, hey, didn't you wanna do that thing? And then you're reminded of it because you see other people doing that stuff. You you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I hate this job. Or you're you're criticizing other people, you know? Like how I talked about before, dreams don't die, they turn into a cancer when they're not being executed and used. They're just kind of heavy. They become a burden, right? But it's when we start to become like in motion that we start to feel good again. We start to feel like, oh, there is space for me. Oh, there also is space for this other person. I don't have to tear them down. But our dreams deferred, using air quotes, that's where all the sorrow and misery comes in. And so, you know, I went back to this journal and I'm seeing the possibilities in the virtual realm, in the virtual space, right? Maybe I don't have a storefront right now. Maybe I can't put on the events I want to have right now and have people come and sit in the, sa- in the same space as me, right? But I can create that space by having meetups and pop-ups, virtual pop-ups, right? So I have this thing called Black Girls Make Music. It was a podcast and now it's a community. And so it's just kind of like in its second iteration. And so I'm holding a meetup this Saturday, for the first time, because I'm like, okay, I have this huge thing in my head, but what is something smaller that I could do to create that community? Okay, just have a meetup. Have people come in on a Zoom, you know, and the Zoom link is free, like, and have people come and just build community and share their hearts and share their music with us. That's a tiny step. And it doesn't sound really sexy. It doesn't sound like life-changing, but to me it is because I can feel myself getting in motion And then once I get in motion, I can count that as a small win and put that under my belt so I can do bigger things later. I'm proving to myself, one, myself, I'm proving to myself that I can do hard things, that I can figure it out, that I can make smaller versions of this huge dream. And so it it begins to feel more tangible. It begins to feel um, easier because let's be real. If I tried to do this big, huge thing, I'd get overwhelmed. I'd probably hate it. I'd probably hate the whole process, right? But if I take a journey and make it smaller and more digestible and more palatable, then I start to build on joy instead of stress and drama and, you know, resentment. And the thing is, before I even push, you know, publish on that website for people to sign up for the meetup, I was doing all this planning. I was doing all this planning. I was going on Google on Eventbrite and like, okay, how is this person doing their thing? How is this person making it happen? And I was getting stuck in this loop of planning. Like I had this dream in my head and instead of saying the dream that God gave me is good enough, I had to go and compare it to somebody else's to see if it was like legit, to see if it was valid. And that was to my own detriment because what then happens is I compare myself to other people. I feel like it's not good enough. Oh, this person is doing this fancy thing. I should do that. And if I'm not doing that fancy thing or if I can't do that fancy thing, then I shouldn't do it at all. It's just all trash. It's just all trash and it's all 
muck and mire that you get stuck in when you're not focused on actually doing the things. Now, if I back in March was like, you know what, I don't have a storefront, but let's do it on Zoom. I would have been building rapport, building community, building like, you know, the steps that I need to take so I can prove to myself that I can do the things. And I might have been onto something bigger by now. And I'm not like down on myself about it because I feel like everything happens in the time that it's supposed to happen. But I also understand that my fear of, you know, people looking at me and saying, oh, you don't have any experience. What do you know about creating community? Or my fear of people comparing my meetup to somebody else's stopped me. It stopped me in my tracks. And all the extra planning and like dreaming big and all this other stuff, like there's nothing wrong with dreaming big that first step. Um, but I didn't get to the second step of making it smaller and more tangible. I was just, I just kept planning these huge things that I'm honestly right now, not in a place to handle that kind of capacity, right? Like I'm not in a place to do that right now. I'm in school. I'm currently holding a class, um, for photographers. And I know that I don't want to put too much on my plate because again, I don't want to be, I want to be able to give all of my stuff, all of myself, all of my attention to the things. And so I know for in the season that I'm in, it needs to be smaller. It needs to be easier. It needs to be as little commitment as possible for other people so that they're not overwhelmed and that they're not like, oh, I'm not, you know, a professional musician, so I can't join. No, this is for everybody. Everybody who, you know, is interested in becoming a musician or like working in A&R or a rapper or a DJ or whatever, like this is the meetup for them. And it takes the pressure off of me because I don't have to be an expert. I don't have to be an expert to cultivate community. You know, people do that all the time. Like, you know, churches and things like that, small groups. People that do that, they're not experts. They're learning along with the people right beside them. They just create the space. And so once I took myself out of that equation and was like, okay, it's not about me. It's not my thing. Like, that's my ego, right? It's not about me. It's about me being obedient and creating the space that God told me to create and letting, and letting you know, it happen the way it's supposed to happen. Who knows how the meetup is going to go? And this is one thing I will say. You know, a lot of times as creatives and type A women, like, we have in our mind how we want it to go. And if it doesn't go the way we want to go, we get very discouraged and we throw the whole thing away. And what I've come to, I guess, realize is that nothing goes the way that I plan anyway. You know, like, what is that quote that people say? Tell God your plans. Like, if you want to laugh, tell him your plans. Like, make God laugh. You know, because we can only dream from where we are right now, right? And there's two sides to this. Number one, me going, me creating the space for the meetup, I wanted to have other meetups about other things that they want to know about. But how can I create those meetups if I don't hold the first one? where I just ask them about who they are and their background and what they need, right? I have to iterate, I have to try, I have to do in order to get those questions. There's no planning in the world. There's no amount of planning that will prepare me for what I need to do. Experience prepares me, not the sitting and planning and dreaming. It's actually taking those items. It's falling on my face. It's making mistakes. And no, it's not fun. And yes, it sucks and it's scary, but I've come to look at mistakes and you know, I guess using air quotes mistakes as just learning experiences. Okay, well, I know not to do that next time. Okay, well, I learned that I hate that, you know? You you plan this whole career around this one thing and you realize, oh, I actually don't like this, you know? I'm, you know, planning this whole career about learning learning guitar and then you try guitar, right? And then you're like, I actually hate guitar, but I love the lap dulcimer or I love singing or I love songwriting. Like you'll never know unless you do the stuff. You have to be messy. You have to just do it messily. You know, I talked briefly about this photo class that I'm teaching. 
I'm, I don't have no degree in photography. I don't have, you know, the credentials using air quotes that people would deem necessary to teach photography. And yet I'm still teaching it. I'm still teaching it to black women who want to learn how to take pictures, how to tell stories with the cameras that they have. Right. And it's a free class that I'm doing right now. And I'm doing it for free because it, I'm doing it messy. I don't know what I need. I don't know what I need to change. I don't know what I need to talk about. All I have is my experience and my experience is enough. And for you, maybe your experience is enough. Maybe you're planning too much. Maybe you're doing too much, right? Maybe you're like, oh, well, you know, if I don't have this, this, and this, then I'm not qualified. Says who? Says who? People? And people are making up the rules as they go? That's not fair. Like, people have changed the rules to fit whatever idea they think should be the thing. And I'm talking to y'all as I'm talking to myself because I need this reminder, right? People make up the rules. There's no handbook that they were handed unless that handbook was written by somebody else and their opinion of what's necessary to learn um, or to be credential, you know, like whatever, how to be certified um, for to do something, right? These people made up those rules. And a lot of times the people who made up the rules don't follow the rules themselves. Think of all like the people who were born in like the 50s and 40s, right? When they went in for a job, they learned on the job. You know, a lot of people didn't have the money to go to college. They didn't know what they were doing. They just learned on the job. They learned as they went. And so, you know, in the 70s or 80s, they're like, oh, okay, well, let's change the credentials now. Now they can't get in and learn on the job. They need to get a degree from school, right? So they're changing these, these finishing lines or these starting lines to fit their idea of what is elite and what is good. And it's flawed. Like we've seen it. We've seen the system. It's flawed. You know, people are like, oh, well, you know, I got to go to school now to get this degree to get this job. And then you go to school and get this degree and the job is not guaranteed because now not only do they want, you know, a degree, but they also want 12 years experience, which is like, how in the world would I have gotten that experience if I'm in school? Right. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's flawed. And in the same way with our dreams and our capabilities. Now, what I will say, if you want to be a doctor, yes, <laughs> please go to school, you know, but some doctors don't need to go to your standard school. Like they don't need to be pre-med and all this other stuff. Like some people are, are herbalists and they learn in the field and there are classes for that that you can take, right? But at the same time, I understand that there are some things that you do need to go to school for, but I'm talking about like the creative stuff, right? The creative things that you learn from experience. Like I talked about doing your hair or taking pictures or whatever. Like you don't have to be an expert to do these things. I'm in this program now and they were telling me, all you need is 10% more experience than the people you're teaching in order to teach a class because you still have stuff that they want to know. You still have the advantage. You still have the upper hand. And maybe you don't want to teach a class, right? Maybe you want to, maybe you want to become a photographer and you're like, okay, well, what's the first thing that I do? Go to meetups, go to classes. Like there are going to be events held under this, um, under this in the Full Well Project, which this podcast is under, where there'll be classes taught by other creatives so you can get your feet wet as well. But look for the stuff. You don't have to go back to school to do this thing. You know, the more practice you get, the more qualified you become. And again, sometimes that means starting messy. Start a hot mess. People will still be able to see that you're sincere, even if you're messy. I promise you. We're so, especially in this, like, in this society, we're so obsessed with looking perfect and looking like we have it all together. And the whole world just wants someone to tell them, like, I don't have it together either, but we're going to figure it out. You know, 
if you have 10% more experience in those than your clients or the people you want to teach or the people you want to bring in community, use that 10% for good, not for you to mull around and write ideas and to not do anything with it. There was a quote that someone said in my program and um, they were saying that the richest place is the graveyard because so many people go to the grave without trying anything because they were afraid of what people would say. They were afraid that people would think they were a fraud, like all these different things. And God placed that dream inside of them for a reason. God wanted them to carry out that dream. There are more people attached to your dream than you. And you have to be obedient enough to show up and do the thing and let God wow you. Like the photo class I'm teaching, I'm, you know, the whole time I'm doubting myself. I'm like, oh God, this isn't good. Like this isn't good enough. And then I asked them for like any updates and things like that. And they were thanking me for what I've been sharing with them. And I don't think what I'm sharing is like gold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just trying my best to share what I know about photography based on my own experiences and my own thoughts and opinions. And a lot of them feel great that they signed up for the class. You don't know what awaits you on the other side of obedience, on the other side of you following through on a dream that God gave you and just doing it messily at first. I, I would say if you have a dream, give yourself one week to do research because doing research is procrastination. It's like, stop lying to yourself. Like it feels good. Cause like, well, I'm doing research for this and this and this and this. No, like one week and that's it. One week, look for classes for one week. Look for, you know, um, the information you need to know about making soap or writing songs or whatever. Then sign up for a class to actually start to do the thing. Enough research on your own. Get in community where you can actually learn and do and learn from doing, right? Or just start doing the thing. Just start playing and practicing. Everything is ugly in the beginning. Everybody sucks in the beginning, and I know that nobody wants to one tell you that or, you know, no one wants to suck at first. But I mean, it's true. Everyone we look up to sucked at the beginning of what they were doing. And the only way they work through that suck is by doing and doing it messily and embarrassing themselves and failing and falling on their faces. So what about you? Why are you too good to fail? You know, like, why do you get the privilege of sitting on the side and not doing your thing? while everybody else falls on their faces and fails to give you what you need. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I'm Again, I'm sharing this with you guys as I'm sharing it with myself because it's so hard. Like, this sounds good, right? This sounds good. But then it's really hard to really put it into practice because I'll go right back to my notebook and write down all these things and all these ideas and, like, dream. Like, oh, my God, this would be amazing. And then I don't do anything with it. And it's a waste. It's a waste of paper. It's a waste of dream space. And it's a waste of community and all this other stuff that I could have created for other people. So again, like create because it feels good, because you're drawn to it. Put some action behind that creating. So here are my steps again. I'll go over them again. Dream freely. Get a notebook where you can write down without editing how you want your dream to look, how you want your business, your, I don't know, your product, whatever to look, right? Then relook at that thing. Say to yourself, hmm. What are some small action items I could take to get closer to this dream? So again, maybe it is signing up for a soap making class. Maybe it is signing up, you know, for a songwriting class or whatever, like, or maybe it is going back to school, depending on what you need to do. You know, what are some small action items, actionable items that I can take to get me closer to this dream? Or what is a smaller version of this that I can do right now? So no, like I said before, I don't have a space for, you know, the juicery I want to make. 
but I can start making them at home and in the spring of next year, start going to farmer's markets and selling them, you know, to test out the product to see if people like it. That's a smaller version of my dream. Or, you know, I can have events outside in the spring. We can't be really be inside. I don't know what it's going to be like next year, but I can do smaller versions of that thing now. And then from there, make a, take a week to research, one week to research, and then make a promise to yourself that you're actually going to put that to use by doing something. That's what I want you to promise me. So the three steps right here. So to this episode, I always want to end every episode with something actionable that you can do. Like it's not enough just to sit here and listen to this and be like, okay, great. I'm jazzed. Let's get it done. Let's do it. Right. Because as soon as you stop listening, fear is going to creep in and tell you like, no, don't do it. Don't, don't embarrass yourself. Don't do that. Like, or, oh, it's not going to be as good as this other person's. And I get it. Cause I, I, that happens to me all the time, all the time. So what I want you to do is to one, write down your dreams, get out a sheet of paper write down your dreams. Okay. Choose one thing, do the research on that thing. And by next week, I want to hear about your actionable items that you've taken to pursue your dream. I want to hear it. Send me an email, write a review for this podcast. Let me know because I want to be able to hold us all accountable. I want us all to do the thing and I'll show up next week. Um, around this time and share the same thing. We'll have more episodes in between that time, but you have a week. You have until, what is Monday? Let me look up. You have until Monday the 23rd to write down your dreams, pick one, research it, and then tell me what actionable item you're, you're gonna take to move you closer to your dream because there's enough dreaming. There's enough planning. It's time for doing. It's time for carrying out. It's time for trying. It's time for iterating and failing. Because we're never going to know this stuff in a vacuum. We have to get out there and try. Okay? And we, I guess we should really talk about failure, too. We'll talk about that in a different episode. But about how failure, even though it sucks and it hurts, it's necessary. It's necessary for everything. Everything needs to fail to become better. Um, so that's what I'll offer for just right now. But I don't want to make this episode too long because I want you to be able to take it and to utilize it and actually put it into action. <laughs> So until next episode, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, please check out the links in the description for meetups, for events, for all the information concerning this podcast and the Full Well Project. And until next episode, I will talk to you all soon. Okay, keep dreaming and more than that, keep doing.